Welcome to the Decode Fintech Podcast brought to you by Paystack. I'm your host, Khadija, product lead at Paystack. The Decode Fintech Podcast is where people building Africa's financial infrastructure share what they're seeing on the front lines. It's everything from what's working to what's not and what's coming up next. In each episode, an operator shares insights on how they're handling everything from product development to marketing in some of the world's fastest changing business environments. Visa, MasterCard, and Verve. These are currently the dominant card networks in Nigeria. But in September 2018, American Express, the world's largest integrated global payments platform, made waves by announcing their entry into the market. Today, we chat with Catherine Malik, the Vice President of Business Development, who's been at Amex for 12 years. Now, let's head over to Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi there. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good. I was wishing I was in, in the nice, warm... Uh, nice warmth of Nigeria at the moment compared with uh, uh, February in London. I can imagine. <laughs> we, I'm seeing all these videos and pictures and I'm just like, oh my goodness, thank God for the sun. Yeah. Talking about you specifically, can you share just a little bit about your background and perhaps your career journey? Sure. I've been in Amex now for nearly 12 years and in all of that time, actually, oh, I've been... Wow. Oh, but I'm a baby compared to some of the some of the people you meet in Amex who've spent, you know, 20 or 30 years here. So <laughs> I'm still still relatively new. And it's amazing how fast the time has come. But before I joined Amex, so I started off my career in marketing and I worked in a variety of different industries before I came into payments. So I started off after I graduated and left uni and I actually did a degree in in um, animal physiology. So going into marketing was obviously, oh. a, yeah, that was a natural leap. <laughs> when my careers advisor at university said, oh, fish farming, I thought, no, not so much, thanks. Anyway, so I started off working in, in publishing, in a publishing company doing marketing and promotional materials. And I was there for a couple of years. And then I moved over and did marketing again in a charity one of the largest UK charities. And I always say to people that if you want to learn how to do response-led, ROI-based marketing, go and do it in a charity because obviously nobody has big budgets and uh, Mm -hmm. they test and learn absolutely everything to try and get the most responsive marketing materials possibly to try and really make sure that they're maximizing every pound of donations that they get in from their their donors to then be able to spend them on the the worthy causes so that was an amazing education actually and taught me a lot about the real discipline of direct marketing and that was really really insightful and instructing is instructive and then i moved from there i moved to work in um, a mass market tour operator so um, in the uk here it's called thomas cook and at the time it had just launched Uh a new subsidiary brand called jmc And so I went and was helping to set up the direct marketing department of JMC just after their launch. So I think I started maybe six or nine months after the brand had launched. So that was that was a really exciting time, you know, working on a totally new brand. And then I moved into Thomas Cook itself um, the sort of the main brand. And I was doing more marketing and sort of marketing strategy there. And that was that was also really interesting. From travel, I moved to work for G Money who were at that time in the UK issuing co-brand store cards and credit cards. And that was my first venture into payments and cards. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, And that was with marketing as well. So marketing was the kind of common theme for most of my career 
up to that point. And so I was at GE for, I think, four years um, and ended up doing a variety of different jobs there. So I started doing marketing, did a project management role for a bit um, and then led a team for a while. And then I left GE and came to Amex and again, started in marketing and then <laughs> and then moved into business development, which is where I've stayed. So, wow. Yeah. That's a very interesting career timeline definitely not fish farming but, uh... <laughs> definitely not fish farming no for which i'm very grateful i think <laughs> for the benefit of the audience um could you tell us what is american express so american express today is we're the world's largest integrated global payments platform it's a very grand phrase but what that actually means is that uh, we, as well as being a payments network, so enabling having the rails that enable people to use their cards to pay for things in merchants or withdraw cash in ATMs, we are also an issuer and um, of cards ourselves, and we also acquire merchants directly ourselves. So that makes us the integrated platform. So what li- your listeners may not know, though, is that Amex is nearly 170 years old. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And we started off randomly as a freight forwarding company in 1850 which i think is also makes us the same age as the levi strauss jeans company ah yeah Yeah. oh wow yeah so in the days before the big career companies and um and you know really good transport if you wanted to move your valuables around on from across the country on a stagecoach then amex would protect those valuables for you, so you would. Uh, so I think you know we had guys guys sitting on the top of stagecoaches with guns protecting the protecting people's valuables, um, which is pretty 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 different from what you would necessarily think that we might have started off doing. And then um, during the next 170 years, we kind of moved into payments. We issued our we started off with travelers' checks, and then in the sort of early 20th century, we learnt, launched our first plastic card in uh, the late 1950s and in fact I think Elvis Presley was one of our card members as well one of our first card members and then we obviously stayed within the the payments business particularly and I mean you know now we launched and we launched the iconic Centurion line cards which are the ones with the uh, the Centurion head on them and then we launched the Platinum card in the 1980s and we were the first company anywhere in the world to launch a platinum card it'll be interesting to just hear how the way things are done have evolved over time i mean we're talking three to five generations now yes yes so uh i'm not quite old enough to have been around at the start um (laughs) but i would say that while what the core while what we've done as a core business has changed quite dramatically from when we started i think the thing the theme and the uh, the sort of vision, if you like, of the company that has remained the same all the time is that we are a service business and that it's not about the products. It's about how do we create the best customer experiences we can for whoever our customers are every day. So whether that's people who are entrusting their valuables to us in a stagecoach or whether it's uh, people who are trying to um, you know, make a transaction at a at a merchant with their with their American Express card. So it's about how do we provide that level of service and customer experience to them, 
And I think that has been vindicated because we won, you know, a number of different customer service awards in different countries. And so that, I think, is the core thread that runs throughout. And that's still true today in that customer experience and and how we treat our customers is fundamental to everything that we do. I, I really like how that sounds. And I see how that can just entirely sustain the business, regardless of what products you're turning out or what business models you're adopting at the time. Yeah. I'm curious as to what sort of engagements you have in Africa as a whole. You mean, so how it, what is the American Express presence across the rest of the continent? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the kind of services, rather, sure. that you provide in those regions. Sure. So if I just explain a bit about sort of how our business model works. So within American Express, there are two broad types of business Mm -hmm. model. We've got what we call our proprietary business. And that's in places like the US or Australia and the UK, where we ourselves do the issuing and we do the acquiring of merchants. And so we have a direct relationship with our consumers in those in those kind of countries. And then we also have what we call our network business, which is called okay. Global Network Services. And that's where we license uh, banks or other financial institutions in different countries to issue and or acquire American Express on our behalf. And so I work in the GNS business, so in our licensing business. And across Africa, our entire Amex business is licensed. So what that means is that we have a number of different bank partners or financial institution partners across the region that we have licensed and they may be, they are all acquiring cards for us and some of them are also issuing cards for us. And then within the broader business, for instance, we have some large, some of our largest corporate clients have presence in, let's say, Nigeria and where we don't have a partner in Nigeria who will issue them an American Express corporate card, then some of our proprietary businesses may support in that function as well. Um, but that's really for our Lord, large corporate clients. Yeah, across the continent, we're now in 29 different countries. Um, so you can use wow. your Amex card from Egypt all the way through Burkina Faso and over to um, Kenya and down to Mozambique and across to Madagascar and then round back to uh, South Africa. And obviously now starting in Nigeria, which is great news. Yay! Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it's Khadija here. I'd like to pause for a moment to tell you a bit about Paystack. Paystack is the fastest, simplest way to collect and disperse money across Africa. Over 30,000 businesses trust Paystack to process their payments. Businesses such as CowrieWise. CowrieWise is a wealth management company that gives everyone access to high interest savings and investment. They believe that everyone in Africa should have easy access to financial planning, savings and investment tools. For example, they have a life goals feature where you can save for housing, your kids' education, retirement, and so much more. In 2018 alone, CowrieWise helped users save for life moments worth 1 billion naira. And they would like to help you plan, save, and invest towards your big life moments. Visit paystack.com slash CowrieWise to find out more. Once again, that's paystack.com slash CowrieWise. And now, back to our guest. So it's like um, the generic model across the continent is to work with partners yes. um, to provide issuing services to the end users. And then perhaps in exceptional scenarios, um, provide proprietary services on behalf of your very, is it important, is the word? 
so for some, for some special clients, if you will. Okay. Yeah, so that's 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 pretty much it. So um, what we need to do, first of all, is we need to provide an acceptance network for all of our card members, whether it's corporate card members exactly. or consumer card members. So anyone, whether it's the card members who are traveling around Africa from South Africa or Kenya, or whether it's card members traveling into Africa from anywhere else in the world. So that's the first step. Is that, and so that's what we're really focused on as our sort of baseline. So although, you know, we, we've made great progress and we've got 29 countries accepting American Express cards now, there are still more that we need to close off. And so we're looking at how we can find partners in those countries to make sure that we can then provide acceptance for, across the continent. And then, I see. Yeah. And then we are looking at other, at, on a country by country basis, we're then looking to see whether there are some selected issuing opportunities ourselves with the local partners and the local banks, depending on um, the market conditions. And then, as you say, for our very largest corporate card clients, they can still be provided a proprietary solution in many of our markets. So it's very much a think global, act local strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Thanks, thanks for breaking it down that way. No problem. And I'm glad you mentioned Nigeria because now I'm interested in what your plans are for the country. <laughs> I know that you recently announced, you know, an entry into Nigeria, but um, just in line with how you described the way you think about expansion. Um, mm. Can you share what that means for businesses and customers in Nigeria? Sure. So uh, I'm not going to give away any of our secret plans, obviously. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Not even a sneak peek. Not even a sneak peek. Um, Because where's the fun? (laughs) Otherwise, you won't invite me back. Um, Okay, that works. (laughs) (laughs) No, so we were really, really excited about the launch of our acquiring business in, in Nigeria in September last year. Um, it's been a long time in the making. And as I said, that's because we've had, because we take this, you know, this local approach before we go into any new country, not just in Africa, but anywhere around the world that we're going to find, we have to spend a lot of time really understanding the local market conditions. So understanding the regulatory requirements and there are quite a lot of them in Nigeria, um surprisingly so yeah yeah uh and then we really have to sort of understand the different players within within the financial services and the banking and the cards and payment spaces and we obviously spend time talking to them and and having introductions with them and understanding more about their business and then we also spend time trying to understand more about the customers in the market and and what's happening so that while it looks like there's nothing going on. Actually, we're doing a lot of work in the background, and that's exactly what happened with uh, before we launched in Nigeria. And then we sign, uh, and then we, you know, we obviously go into the contract, and then we go into the implementation phase, and then we managed to launch it last September. So there was a lot of work that we did behind the scenes before we launched, um, and so it's really exciting that when we launched in September last year, it was the culmination of a lot of work and. And a lot of sort of trying to get to understand the market a bit more. So um, we launched with Unified Payments and they are currently doing acquiring only for us. And 
they are the first partner, but I can tell you they won't be the last partner. So, yeah, so it's really exciting. And I think for us, this, the launch with Unified Payments was, um, for, for me and my team, was really the first step on the journey. So although we've all been working on, on you know, the country strategy for a long time, we very much see this now as the, the beginning. And it's where do we go from mm-hmm. here and how can we really, mm-hmm. really sort of work with the different financial institutions in Nigeria to create some interesting and innovative um, payment space. Because obviously, you know, Nigeria is the biggest GDP in Africa. It's a really fast moving and innovative payment space. It's the biggest population in Africa. And that's only going to grow more and more in the mm-hmm. next few years. And in fact, I think, you know, all the a lot of these statistics that you read say that Nigeria is going to be what I think maybe the fifth or sixth most populous country in the world by 2030. So so we're in for the long haul um, and we're really excited about the different opportunities that are going to come up. What does this launch mean for users of American Express cards um, that are issued outside the country or at, at the very least for Nigerians that are traveling abroad? So the first one is for, um, as we talked about before, or I mentioned before, our large corporate clients who are already based in Nigeria. Um, some of our largest corporate clients have offices in Nigeria already. So for them, they are extremely excited now that they're going to be able to use their Amex cards locally. And that's that's really good news because, again, that's helping. That's you know part of our commitment to our card members and our customers to provide them with the best experience they can get on our products. So that's that's a huge step forward for us. Secondly, Nigeria is a huge opportunity yeah. market for businesses who, even if it's not our large corporate clients who are based here, so many businesses now are coming into Nigeria to look for opportunities to grow their to grow their businesses across Africa. And so again, we're now going to, you know, they come from the US or the UK or wherever around the world. And so they will now be able to carry their American Express cards with confidence in Nigeria and know that they can use them. So that's obviously, again, a huge benefit. We also have a large number of global merchant clients who are, again, looking to expand into Nigeria and across Africa. So this provides, again, it follows up on our value proposition and our value promise to them that they can also ensure that they can offer um, Amex cards or payments to Amex card members in their merchants as they would around the rest of the world. And then lastly, I would say that it's um, for consumers. So consumers who are traveling back to Nigeria, whether they're doing their own business or whether they come to visiting friends and family um, or even, you know, coming for tourism, that they can use their Amex card with confidence in the country. So it's a big benefit. It's got a lot of ramifications for our card members in varying different groups and also our customers in the merchant base too. It means as well for your merchants, for the merchants based in Nigeria, that when they are seeing an American Express card member at their till point or wherever the payment is being made, they are now able to offer those customers choice. So they are able to support the method in which that customer wants to pay which is obviously great news for them because it provides them, it gives them the ability to have a better customer experience too, rather than having to say, oh no, sorry, we don't accept Amex. They're now going to be able to accept them. Exactly. You know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure some of that happens today simply because the acceptance network is not yet in place. So Mm. this is definitely good news for at the very least businesses in Nigeria. And then ultimately 
or rather, I guess this is a question. Do, do you also have plans for um, issuing um, Amex cards from Nigerian banks? Well, I can't possibly let you into our state secrets. Um, <laughs> but I leave you to draw your own inferences based on the conversations that we've had so far. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I'll just start requesting for one from my bank, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess out of curiosity, did American Express have any dealings with Nigeria before this point? No, not really. We had very, very limited presence. And most of that was um, to, in a sort of a patchy ATM acceptance. So it was a very big, in a lot of conversations with a lot of our card members, and our merchants and our customers around the world, it came up a lot of, you know, many, many times that they wanted acceptance in Nigeria. So, and we just didn't have anything to support them. And so it became, it was becoming very obvious to all of us. And while we were working on the entry as well, so it's uh, that, that, that was a really, that it's a really important thing for them to have, to have acceptance in Nigeria. So now we're able to, we're starting to offer it to them, then that's really good news. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to back just a little bit um, to how you were talking about entering into the market with select partners. Um, I was wondering what the American Express look for um, in selecting the right partner in any country you decide to operate in. It's about finding people who have the right brand fit with American Express. And that has a number of different facets to it. So the baseline is that obviously we have to work with uh, banks and financial institutions who are compliant with regulations um, and who are, you know, robust financial institutions, because in order for us to l- deliver on our promises to our car- to our customers, we all need to be ensuring that we're compliant with all the regulations. And then we also have to find partners who have the same commitment to quality and customer service and customer experience that we do. So. Sometimes it means that we won't necessarily in some countries work with the biggest institution that there is. We might work with a smaller one because there is a sense that actually they have a better fit with us and what we're trying to achieve and that we all share common goals about how we want to work together to grow our businesses. So we um, sometimes talk about our partnerships as being like marriages in that we tend to find back partners to work with and we have those partnerships for a long time so our partnership with Nedbank in South Africa for instance has been going for over 40 years now so it's really oh wow yeah it's longer than a lot of human marriages for sure um (laughs) it is isn't it yeah um so it's really important that we find the right people who have the right kind of attitudes who have the right customer base and who really have that commitment to their customers. I like it. So I, I noticed you didn't mention, you know, anything around like the scale of the partners existing operations. Um, is the size of the business important to your considerations or not really? Yes, in as much as we want to grow a large successful business. So therefore, uh, if we partner with in some countries, for instance, we will only partner with one financial institution. So while we might not partner with the largest, we might end up partnering with one of the top four or five 
because we do want to have scale. And often what we find is that while small institutions have really fantastic energy and innovation, a lot of that core competency it might not be so well developed. So, for instance, um, you know, where we've talked about that commitment to things like customer servicing. So particularly if they're newer institutions, that's sometimes where it's um, a bit trickier. Although now I feel I'm doing a huge disservice to small financial institutions. So I don't mean to. <laughs> um, but the reality is that it's often easier for us if we're trying to grow scale quickly to partner with a larger institution. Which is fair. I mean, um, there's there's partners that help you grow from a strategic standpoint, and then partners that uh, I guess are just more established in the region that you're interested in operating in. So yeah, in 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 Nigeria, there are um, three established card brands in play already. Mm-hmm. So assuming you had an issue in play, um, what's your perspective on how you know you're going to make great strides in the market, considering that there are already some established players? Yeah. So and that it's a good question and one we face, not just in Nigeria, but almost on a daily basis everywhere around the world, is that compared oh, wow. with a lot of, or compared with some of the other card brands out there, the card networks out there, mm-hmm. we are, Amex is much, much smaller. So mm-hmm. every day we have to work hard to make our customers understand that they want an American Express card or that they want to work with American Express. So we are always a choice for people, whether you're a merchant choosing to accept Amex or whether you're a customer choosing whether to get where to get your next uh, credit card from. So we're always a choice. But because of this point about us being small, um, we therefore, you know, we work a lot harder, I think, and we work to make sure that the propositions and that the value we can provide to our customers wherever they are is the best. And so it's so I think that helps a lot in that what we want to make sure that we do if we launch or when in issuing anywhere is that we try and make sure that our products have the best propositions or the most compelling pe- customer benefits compared with their mm-hmm. compared with their peer group. I like to think of us as a scrappy underdog. Hmm. I like it. You know, I like it because there'll be tons of incentives for users. So I'm gearing up for that. (laughs) (laughs) And I think one of the things as well, sort of actually, and another another thing that from less from the customer perspective, more from how we work with our bank partners is because of the fact that we are this integrated payments company. And so we do do our own issuing and we do do our own acquiring and we do have our own consumer customers and we do have our own business customers and we do have our own corporate customers is that the value that we can provide to the bank partners that we work with is also that we can really give them our, help them with assets and expertise. So when we talk to them and say, you know, we might say to a bank partner somewhere, you know, why don't you try doing this because it's worked really well? We're talking from experience. So that's a huge value that we add to the bank partners, which hopefully then helps them influence what they can then provide to their customers. Yeah, and that makes sense. 
my final and most critical question. <laughs> so you know how you're just, you know, having an off day or things are not going according to plan. And there's just that one go-to thing, you know, that makes everything better. Um, I'm curious as to what your favorite snack or food-related guilty pleasure is. Yes. So uh, I was listening to the last podcast with, uh, was it Yemi from GT Bank? Yes, it was. And whatever he said, whatever he was making, I forget what it was called now, but that is now it. Because his answer was incredible. (laughs) By the time he finished talking about that. had that before. (laughs) No, never. Next time I come to Nigeria, I can't remember what it's called, but I need to find it because it sounded incredible. Hilarious. But you, 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 you have to say something that you've actually had before. Though. Oh, well, in which That's case. That's how it works. Well, okay. So if I can't have that now, but I need to find out how I can... What's it called? I, sorry, I missed it. It's called Kuli Kuli. Yes. When he finished talking about uh-huh. how, how it's made, I was, yeah, I was quite keen on that. Uh, but otherwise, um, it's ice cream. Peanut, peanut oh, butter uh, ice cream. Probably I should have said an apple or something healthy because, you know, it's the beginning of the oh, year. No. Blah, blah, blah. But it's not. It's ice cream. Every time. Ice cream. Oh, wow. Hmm. I guess all I'll say is there are some kindred spirits in the room. So, <laughs> yeah, that works. That's Brilliant. okay. Aw, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, Catherine, for spending time with us. My pleasure. Um, and um, hopefully we'll get to have you on again soon or at the very least see you when you come. Yes, that would be fantastic. I would really enjoy that. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me to, to talk with you. I've really enjoyed it. And like I said, I'm I'm really, really excited about the opportunities for Amex in Nigeria. Um, and uh, I can't wait to I can't wait for you guys to see us as we develop our plans. We'll be looking forward to it. Fabulous. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it on social media with the hashtag DecodeFintech. I'll be keeping an eye out on that hashtag and responding to the most interesting comments and questions. To find out about new episodes, please subscribe to the Decode Fintech email newsletter. Every week, we share a tightly curated debrief of the most important fintech news from around the continent, along with jobs, events, and so much more. To subscribe, kindly visit decodefintech.com. Once again, that's decodefintech.com. Decode Fintech is brought to you by Paystack, the company that helps Africa's most successful fintechs build powerful and scalable financial service products with the industry's best documented APIs. Please visit paystack.com fintech to find out more. I'm your host, Khadija. See you on the next episode. And once again, thank you so much for listening.